0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 94 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am
1: Jacob Marico.
0: Jacob, um, I will say he started this day by getting on my nerves by trying to tell me that Falkor from NeverEnding Story was not a dragon. What'd you call him? An air dog?
1: An air dog. That's what he is. He's, got, he's covered with fur. <laughs> an which, air dog? Yeah, dragons are not covered with fur.
0: Listen. You're very close-minded about the kinds of dragons out there. Falcor is a luck dragon. They don't breathe fire. Are they you, do good things for people. Are
1: you, are you listening to yourself right now? This is 2019. Dragons breathe fire, and they bring he uh, medieval He wasn't from societies.
0: 2019, so take that. You dragons can't. in the 80s were luck dragons that didn't breathe fire.
1: What about Dragon Slayer? That dragon That's
0: fine. It's just a different kind of dragon. That's
1: right. Because he's a dragon. Humans look different too, you know. He's got
0: scales. Okay. This episode isn't even about dragons, so there's no point to this discussion at all. I
1: love the idea that we're going to have a dragon cast where we're (laughs) going to argue this point.
0: Actually, a dragon episode would be dope. I know.
1: There's a lot
0: of good dragons in movies. Bust out
1: Mushu. He's about to be in Mulan. We got a million dragons to talk about.
0: Everyone's like, oh, please let us know when that one is, so we do not tune into the dragon episode.
1: Or as Michelle wants to. Call it the flying dog cast.
0: I that is so offended. Anyway, we're gonna we should just hop into it today because I feel like we've got this will be a discussion for us.
1: Oh, why? Because we have to deal with a 27 hour movie today (laughs) as part of our show. So
0: we both watched um last week The Irishman. We did, I watched it the day after Thanksgiving. It was like perfect, it was a day off. And we had lots of time, and I was able to take two breaks. One was to get leftovers, and the second one was to get pie.
1: Smart. Smart on both accounts.
0: It worked. And when did you watch it?
1: I watched it Saturday. Okay. When everybody was at the world's largest disco, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch this three-and-a-half-hour movie, because why not?
0: And I'm hoping that, like me, you thought it was amazing.
1: I thought it was better than I expected. I thought it was extremely good. I was not as bored watching it as I thought I was going to no, be. No, it, wasn't, it for, wasn't
0: boring at all.
1: No, I thought for sure that I was going to be like, oh my God, this movie is like 20 minutes in. And I have three and a, three hours to go. I feel like I've been Yeah, you forever. didn't
0: feel the time. So we're going to talk about it today, but no spoilers, so you don't have to worry about it. I know a lot of people haven't seen it because it's hard to block off like a four-hour <laughs> chunk yeah, of I your mean, day to watch a movie. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not exactly an easy movie to just dive into either, so...
0: But well worth it. So I'm going to do a little background on what the movie is about here. Okay. For those not familiar. So first of all, it was directed and produced by Martin Scorsese, um, which is reason enough I think that anyone would watch a three-and-a-half-hour movie. It's
1: one of the only reasons to watch a three-and-a-half-hour Very hour movie, true. Really. And then
0: written by Steven Zalian. It is based on the 2004 book... Called "I Heard You Paint Houses" by Charles Brandt, and the movie itself stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci—all
1: known Irishmen, of course.
0: (laughs) God, you're obsessed with that. (laughs) And then in supporting roles we have Ray Romano, Barbie Cannavale, Anna Paquin, Stephen Graham, Jesse Plemons, and Harvey Keitel. Although I will say Harvey Keitel was in it for like seven seconds—I kind of forgot he was in the movie.
1: Yeah, and Anna Paquin. That's a, she got a nice mute role in this. Film yeah, well, we can
0: we can get into that because I know that there's complaints about it, but we'll we'll, we'll, get, works into, in a we'll get into ways. it. So the Irishman is the story of Frank Sheeran. That is who Robert De Niro's character is. And if Sheeran's account of his life is to be trusted, and many crime historians do warn that it is not that you yeah, should well. not trust what he says, but he was intimately involved in a handful of pivotal moments in American history. So, around 1950, he was a Philadelphia-based driver of a refrigerated meat truck, right? Yeah, for, yeah, that's what he was doing. Okay, Delivering meats. Yeah, for a supermarket chain. And while hanging around in, like, a tough guy bar, he got inspired to steal sides of beef in order to ingratiate himself with a local gangster, that's Bobby Carnevale, and was then recruited by a big-time mob boss, Russell Buffalino, it's played by Joe Pesci.
1: Who was really good in this movie? Oh, I can actually. always talk
0: more about Joe Pesci to do strong strong arm work. So a series of steps and missteps lead Frank to then become a hitman or in the code of the trade a house painter. Yeah. Think of the the blood on the walls when they shoot you in the head.
1: It is a little on the nose when you think it about
0: sure that. is. And then a bodyguard and right hand manned to the labor leader, Jimmy Hoffa, and that is who Al Pacino plays, who disappeared in 1975 and hasn't been seen since, and Frank has something to say about that in the story. So the story is told in three kind of ingeniously interweaned moments of like, the elderly Frank is reminiscing from a nursing home, which gives rise to two layers of flashbacks, one centered on a 1975 road trip that he took with Russell and the other going back to his first meeting with Russell and moving ahead until it catches up with and continues past the 1975 events. Right. That sounds about right that there.
1: Pretty much wrapped it up. And there's like a other thing where I feel like Scorsese was using each version of his life to kind of like show how quickly life goes by because – like, when he's a young man, that seems like the movie, that's where the bulk of it happens. But then once he becomes old, it, like, r- goes by really fast. Like, it seems like it rushes to yeah, the Yeah,
0: I think all of that was really intentional. We've never really seen kind of th- this older crowd in a gangster film. They make it such a young man's game, or maybe there's, like, one head of a home who's old but everybody else is kind of young. So it was really interesting watching these people age and kind of studying not just like what they're doing, but the friendships involved and if friendships are even possible.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of a quote-unquote friendships.
0: But, I mean, there was love. You could not deny that there was love between these men for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, not all of them, but most of them, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we have a production budget. Of $159 million and a runtime of 209 minutes and is among the most expensive films of Scorsese's career as well as his longest. And this is why it ended up on Netflix because no studio would touch the movie.
1: I don't blame him. I wouldn't have.
0: The budget was crazy. It was too long. And Netflix came in and said, whatever you want.
1: Yeah, we got money. We don't. We don't. don't, care. We don't
0: and they didn't interfere with anything that he did. But I am going to say, in my opinion, it absolutely earns its extended runtime. You think? Yes. Okay. I did not feel like there was any fat to be cut. Uh,
1: I, I, I could. I could see where you're saying that. In this context of this movie, even if I did not necessarily care about the entire plot, I, I could see that you needed pretty much all of it to get your point across.
0: I really appreciated a film where we were allowed to kind of see people think and figure things out because movies lately, it's like sometimes they're afraid of silence Mm -hmm. and that there can't be a moment where something isn't happening. In here, there could be moments of quiet pondering and I liked it. I liked watching the character kind of figure it out. I mean, this is Martin Scorsese revisiting very familiar themes to him oh,
1: oh geez you think doing a mafia movie
0: exactly but to a really like poignant funny and profound effect and I feel like it was one of his more successful ones
1: it's very well made like I'm not going to argue that point point. and you know people will say that the plot's a little derivative because you know it's a Scorsese gangster movie but I'm like well not really I don't think he's really done this particular kind of story in any yeah. of his movies yet and it's different enough. Like, I would say I didn't really feel as I was watching it that I was watching a repeat of his previous stuff. So it was no. very, very well made and in it, that regard.
0: it definitely moves faster than any three and a half hour with a lot of talking oh. that you could ever see.
1: Absolutely. Like, I was waiting to, be like, stare at the ceiling at points. I was I waiting, really too.
0: I think I went in with low expectations of, like, I don't do well. I'm not a binger of TV shows. I'm Like, I can't just sit and kind of consume for that long. And... Didn't bother me. The pie also, though, I recommend Pie Breaks. Did you go uh, really chocolate,
1: helped. vanilla? Um, what kind of pie did you go for?
0: Oh, it was just pumpkin. It was pumpkin. leftover Classic. Thanksgiving. I love pumpkin pie so much. Um, so the movie, I feel like it's a real, like a, a reckoning and taking stock of lives that were lived hard.
1: Yeah, I'd we say get that's to a very see instead
0: of like, oh, here's this character. Oh, he was kind of shot by someone in the mob. Like moving on to someone else. Like we kind of got to see them play out. It did
1: make me chuckle as they were going along when they would introduce a character and like, here's how this guy dies. Eventually, it doesn't matter to the plot. Yeah, I liked a-
0: that they kind of explained it. It was a, just a perfect storm of talent. It had great editing. I thought this was some of the best editing that I've seen of the year, and the performances were so well done that you personally, you kind of forget what powerhouses they are, and they really become the character. Ex- and not ex- I thought Al Pacino was great, but he's the only one that I was usually always kind of like, it's Al Pacino doing a really good job, as opposed to like Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. I kind of forgot who they were, and they were just the character.
1: Pe- yeah, I, Pacino was definitely on the edge a couple of times where you felt like, oh, man, he's revving up. He's wanting to go. But
0: I thought he was great because when he was subtle...
1: Which he did a lot. He in this was movie. he was
0: really good. So we're gonna play a, a quick clip, and this is Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, and he's having a meeting with Tony Pro, who's played by Stephen Graham, who's another gangster. They do not really get along. No. This is a this is a tense meeting.
1: I like Stephen Graham a lot, by the way. I feel like I oh I, absolutely I feel he like whenever he shows up. I'm always like, oh man, I'm gonna dig what this guy's about to he do. He
0: played a, a great role too. So here's their meeting where Tony Pro. Shows up in like Bermuda shorts.
2: <laughs> Can you believe this weather, Frank? Yeah. Huh? It's eighty-five degrees Ooh. outside. Perfect. Hey, Tommy, Jake. Good good to you, Jimmy. Jimmy. People freezing to death in New York, and look at us. Hey. John Hey. Why we don't live here all year round is what I want to know. Oh. Beautiful. It's summer. What? It's summer. People aren't freezing to death in New York. It's summer. In my mind, it's always eight degrees in New York. I'm making a point. Making a point? Making a point, dressing like that? That's say you dress for a meeting? And this is how you dress in Florida? In a suit? For a meeting? Anywhere, Florida, Timbuktu, I dress in a suit. For a meeting. And you're late. What? You're late. And it was traffic. Yeah, it's traffic. <laughs> Wasn't it traffic? You yeah, give me traffic. It's traffic. What do, you, what, what do you want from us? It was bumper to bumper. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, uh, it's bad, you know. Traffic. I never waited for anyone who was late more than 10 minutes in my life. I'd say 15. 15's right. No, 10. I don't think so. 10's not enough. You have to take traffic into account. That's, that's what I'm doing. Huh? I'm taking traffic into account. That's why it's 10. I still say 15. No, 10. Fine, we, we disagree on that. Well, How on. about 12 and a half minutes? There we go. There 12 go, and a half. Middle, right it's in it's the middle. Beautiful, beautiful. That. Yeah, more than 10 is saying something. He's saying something to me? Well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. It says what
1: it says.
0: It's such a good clip. such such a good
1: clip. I forgot how good that scene was,
0: actually. Like, because you're getting these great performances. It's very serious, but there's, like, this humor kind of mixed in. And then you hear, like, Robert De Niro trying to keep the peace with his, okay, 12 and a half minutes.
1: (laughs) For for, for the record, uh, I say 15 minutes. A quarter of an hour, that's as long as you get. After that, like, I'm out of here.
0: Well, it depends. Like, if I'm waiting, yes, I usually do 15. But at that point, I hate. Whoever I'm waiting for.
1: Oh, you hate them for sure. But 15 minutes, 10 minutes is too short. I am someone I who's
0: always 10 minutes early. I mean, so yeah, I'm more always... on the Jimmy Hoffa side of things. But even that scene, again, nothing is slow because that has been the main complaint that I've read online. I read some terrible reviews. Like, this movie's so boring. It's so slow. I turned it off halfway. And I'm like, it's what? It's like this subtle dissection of characters that it's not slow. That is not the correct term for it I feel like the movie moves along I'm sorry that people aren't getting like killed every two seconds but the movie moves
1: yeah if it's not the kind of gangster movie you were expecting that's fine that's an argument that I'll listen to but you can't say that it's uh, slow or boring because it's not it's not that kind of movie it's like it's a character study like you said so it's going to be a lot of scenes on people's faces
0: and I like it a lot
1: of consequences of their actions coming to grips with that kind of stuff
0: and like we said Joe Pesci is masterful
1: I can't believe how good he is like I have a Peshy. Because he doesn't
0: play that role, he's always like the crazy loony hothead. But we can say, like in this movie, he is just like a calmer, subtler person. But that doesn't make him any less scary. Oh
1: no, no, no! no. Like, he's I definitely know. one of those guys. You're like, yeah, that's a my boss right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Well,
1: like, you just like the stereotypical, stereotypical of what you expect from one, you're like, yeah. You say one wrong word, this guy's gonna smile to your face, and as soon as you leave this room, you're like, well, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah, you're done for, man. You,
0: you, you done a bad. I also thought because there was a lot of talk about the D aging in the film so I was ready for that to be really distracting but after five minutes I was like it's seamless. I don't even notice it anymore. I actually I, kind
1: of felt like it was totally unnecessary. I didn't think they needed to do really? it.
0: Really, but he had to go back in time. Robert De Niro throw, looks too old.
1: Throw some makeup on him. it will be all right. Like it, it's not. You yeah, don't think you need oh, to spend. see,
0: I really liked it. And then it got to a point at the end. I no longer knew when they were aging or de aging. I honestly was like, I'm not even sure what people look like at this point because it all looked really flawless to me. Yeah,
1: I don't know the last time I saw Joe Pesci in anything. So I'm like, that could be what he looks like. I don't know.
0: But that that is well. That's so you can t- like it was well done. No, the it effect. Really, couldn't tell no
1: i have no argument with the effects the effects were fabulously done and it was money well spent in terms of its effect like in terms Definitely. of how well they did it did they need it eh, that's another question probably not but you know it looked it looked good they did it very well so i'm not going sure. to argue their use sure
0: i will say i do think it i liked it in there i thought it was necessary but i, I get where you're coming from another big complaint i've seen online is about how anna paquin had such a small role and not a lot of lines. Um,
1: Considering she was the only female in this entire movie for the vast well, their majority, wives or in Their wives it. were in it and they, they were pretty good, but yeah, then but, okay, here's a three the and a half hour movie with like 20 minutes worth of women in it. When
0: you're making a current film about current things and you don't include women or people of color, it's ridiculous because that's what's happening. But when you are making a period piece, when women are not in these clubs, they are not with the mob, like there are not people of color in these groups. Where I don't have a. I don't have a problem with it. Like if it's accurate, why would there have been women having huge roles in this movie? Yeah, I
1: guess. I guess some people were also like, if that's the case, which is fine. Yeah, it's a way to do it. But why did you cast Anna Paquin? You could have well, gotten nobody in that role.
0: Because Anna Paquin, I guess, has good serious face. I mm. mean, she looked really upset a lot. She definitely needed a little more because. She's really, really important to De Niro's character.
1: She's extremely important.
0: So that was probably the only misstep for me was there wasn't enough of her. They didn't create that relationship, lack of relationship, whatever you want to say, enough for how important it was supposed to be to kind of him. Yeah, it's it's so kind of a that deal. That was where a thing.
1: They get, kind of establish it early on, and then they kind of forget about it. And then like two hours later, like, hey, do you remember that thing that happened at the beginning? Like, not really, man. Lots happened. Since I mean, and,
0: but a lot happened. A lot
1: happens in this movie. Yeah, that's And
0: by the time we kind of reach the the movie's, like, detached final image, which, you know, I'm not going to spoil, but you're just really not sure what to make of Frank and like, the whole sprawling tale. No, yeah, not like really. you're kind of, like, it definitely leaves you to think, and I don't think that we're supposed to really know what to make of him. I mean...
1: He's not a good guy. Like, don't ever get that impression. He's not yeah, a good guy. Yeah, but nice you don't guy. feel like he's... He's not the worst.
0: The movie expects us to kind of complete it on our own by thinking back on it later and discussing it with others. And I think that the opportunity to sit with this movie is the main reason to see it. Because I found myself really, I've been talking about it with a lot of people and just kind of thinking about it on my own. So it's definitely worth seeing. Do not listen to people. Like, press pause. Go to the bathroom, get a stretch if that's a thing for you. But this is a yeah, this movie was named Best Picture uh, for 2019 by the New York Film Critics Circle, so it's got it's got some it, pull it's, got, here. it's got
1: some cred behind it. You know whether you know we'll see how it goes going forward. But I yeah. did I did find that I don't care about Jimmy Hoffa. This is this like another movie.
0: Oh, Jimmy Hoffa is like fascinating. With the
1: second best actor to portray him and i don't i didn't care in the first time i saw it i don't care now i don't know what about his story it's a fascinating story it's like i just well i care. grew
0: up with a teamster stepdad so it might just be something that was more in my life oh my like, my grandpa was are important unions are important pensions are important like i didn't even know like jimmy just dipping into pension funds or this and that so i my stepdad did drag me to see the movie Hoffa in theaters oh, when I, I was young. Oh, I did. I had to
1: go see it to my grandpa. And took I me.
0: hated it so much.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm like a kid. I'm like, I don't know who Jack Nicholson is. I don't know why this dude matters. And the movie is like, he just disappears at the slow, end a slow,
0: boring movie. But yeah, this, you can tell this was a passion project. I mean, Robert De Niro got the, the Irishman started underway after reading um, the book in like 2004. And, like, when he talked to Scorsese about it, he said that, like, De Niro became really emotional as he talked about the lead character. So he was always really drawn to it. And the film started developing in, like, 2007, But then there was like new plot materials and rewrites and the cast, you know, everything lost place. It lost its spot in the calendar. Scorsese ended up directing three movies in between, starting this one.
1: And uh, De Niro went on to do four Meet the Parents in that same amount of time, unfortunately. That
0: was the other thing I liked about this movie is that a lot of these powerhouse actors have just done a lot of garbage recently. A lot of just
1: straight trash. Just
0: trash. So it was great to see them in something that wasn't. And that finally, after all of these years of kind of development hell, well, this movie can't has happened.
1: Yeah, you're like the star of 88 Minutes, Al Pacino, the star of the Super, <laughs> yeah, Joe no, Pesci, yes. and Robert De Niro. You know all about him. All coming together to finally do a good movie. Oh, well, let's not forget about Anna Paquin from the uh, critically loved show True Blood.
0: Yeah, she, I mean she's an Oscar winner.
1: Yeah, she is. Think Can, about that, huh? Roll that read around. Can't forget that
0: little baby Oscar winner.
1: Roll that around in your brain for a little bit.
0: Um, So, yeah, I guess that's – we've talked about that for a lot. I don't know if we've ever gone on um, for, like, 20 minutes about a single movie – but there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to see. and We had, we had to slow like, burn. E- we
1: had to equal it out. Like We had to make the length of the movie fit to the uh, <laughs> yeah, that podcast.
0: That is it. accurate. Um, but we can also recommend maybe a couple other gangster films. We did an episode once on gangster films. So if you want to go back, check that's, out episode 11.
1: Way back when we were babies back then. Uh, like, we my didn't, goodness. We, we didn't know young.
0: anything. But we kind of talk about the more popular gangster films. And now we have uh, some other ones that we've never mentioned that are definitely worth checking. Out.
1: Yeah, some you'll heard of, some you haven't. You know, check them all out because they're all they're all pretty enjoyable. Why
0: don't you start, my sir?
1: All right, so I am gonna go. I'm gonna go foreign on you for this first one. Cool. I am going for 2017's "Chasing the Dragon," starring da- uh, Donnie Yen and Andy Lau. Have you heard about this yeah, one? I have not at all. So this is a true story about a gangster in the uh, 1960s in Hong Kong. He's an immigrant, illegal immigrant from China to Hong Kong. He moves there, and he ends up teaming up with a uh, a police sergeant named Lee Rock, which is a true guy. And they end up, um, so they end up taking, uh, teaming up together, and through bribery, extortion, selling drugs and stuff, they end up taking over the uh, Hong Kong drug underworld and become major players in. Like, do you ever hear of the Walled City? Yes. So they were. This is where he basically uh, grew his gang and okay. end up consolidating power. Uh, the guy's name is just Ho. That's just kind of how everybody knows him. And he was also known as, like, the crippled uh, the crippled uh, criminal. Okay. Because after, uh, like, getting attacked, he ends up walking the rest of his life with a limp. Um, this movie, the story itself is interesting because it's amazing that China even let this movie get made, considering the subject matter. They don't really let movies that put Chinese people in a bad light get made yeah. nowadays. Luckily, since the movie is set during the uh, Euro- uh, English, when they still had it, before the handover... They're kind of like, oh, okay, it just makes the English look bad because of all the corruption that they're doing. <laughs> oh God, that works So I go ahead and make this movie. <laughs> uh, I didn't really expect nothing from it because it's you know all in Cantonese and stuff, so you have to read subtitles. And then I was like, wow, this is a really enjoyable movie. Donnie Yen's not out here just throwing spinning kicks. He's actually in here doing some pretty good acting.
0: Okay. Yeah, that sounds cool.
1: Didn't know anything about the story, but I definitely enjoyed the heck out of it. And if you want to get the view of some different, uh, some different kind of criminals throughout the world that are... Based in fact, like uh, The Irishman, check out Chasing the Dragon. It's even got a cool title. And Dragon's Got Scales, yo.
0: And Breathe Fire, we know they can't be left See how I brought it back? Yeah, you sure did. Um, I have to talk about uh, Sergio Leone's epic crime drama Once Upon a Time in America.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: I mean, it makes sense because it actually beats Scorsese's film in time. It is three hours and 49 minutes. Better, um, better
1: movie, question mark?
0: From 1984 What well, and has similar casts because we have Robert De Niro in the film. So the movie takes place in 1968. We have the elderly David Noodles. I love these called noodles. Name. Um, Aronson, by Robert, who's played by Robert De Niro, and he returns to New York where he had a career in the criminal underground world in the 20s and 30s. And most of his old friends, like his longtime partner Max. Played I by Al Pacino. Was, played by James Woods, are long gone, uh, yet he feels like his past is unresolved. So it's told in flashbacks, and the film follows Noodles from a tough kid in a Jewish slum in New York's Lower East Side through his rise to bootlegger and then to mafia boss. And it is a journey marked by violence. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's
1: a Sergio Leone movie, so you know there's... Totally. So, you
0: know, we have betrayal. We have remorse. We have those things. But this is a visually stunning, um, stylistically bold film. It's emotionally haunting. It's filled with awesome performances. Robert De Niro and and James Woods kill it in the film.
1: Which, you know, say what you will about James Woods nowadays. The guy's a psychopathic, like, get-away-from-me actor. But... He's actually pretty good way back in the day. He was actually a really good actor in his days. So.
0: Yeah, totally. So that's a, that is a – that is you like gangster films and you haven't seen that. You cannot call yourself a gangster film fan. So you got to check that one out.
1: You, you're going to have to build in some bathroom breaks on this bad boy. Because also, yes. This is a more, long one.
0: More than one pie break for yeah. this film.
1: You get all the pies. <laughs>
0: yeah. what, what else?
1: All right. So I'm going to go uh, – next I'm going to go with Sicario, Day of the Soldado, the sequel from 2018.
0: I haven't seen it because I feel like I heard bad things about it. And Sicario 1 was so perfect that I was nervous to even, you know, continue on.
1: So Sicario 1 is, I agree, a perfect movie pretty much. And this one's not as good, but mostly because they don't have the same director. But everybody else is, you know, back except for uh, the female lead. She's not back for this movie.
0: Uh, Emily Blunt? Yeah, Emily yeah. Blunt's
1: not back. But uh, James, Josh Brolin and uh, Benisa del Toro are back. And Ty Sheridan wrote it, so it's keeping going. Basically, what it is, is it's this one is about human trafficking and illegal immigration is like the very crux of this story. Basically, Muslim terrorists, quote unquote, sneak into the U.S. across the Mexican border and commit an attack, which gets the government to authorize uh, Brolin to start up his team again to take down more of the cartels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not surprisingly, he goes and he gets his number one dude to run the team. So he goes and gets Benicio Del Toro to be the lead. And this time they have, like, the whole government behind them.
0: They play well together, too. So I th- do like them.
1: <clears throat> so another thing this movie does is it deals with their disillusion of what they're asked to do. Because it's one thing to go on a revenge story about against a drug dealer that you know for a fact that did something against you. Now they're having to deal with these drug cartels and still getting revenge, but then also have to deal with the human trafficking section. Because... There's some issues in here involving some people that maybe aren't necessarily guilty, but the U.S. government doesn't really care. They're okay, like, we yeah. have an agenda. We have a goal. It doesn't matter about these people. You are going to do mm-hmm. our thing whether mm-hmm. you find it morally right or not.
0: Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> so it, prov- it provides... Uh, Brolin and Del Toro with with some actual questions where they actually in the first movie they're rip roaring ready to go especially Brolin he's like let's just do this
0: and now it's a little and now
1: by the end of this movie they're both kind of like oh man I don't know if what we're doing now is cool like it was fine before but now okay. I feel like we're I like getting a into good more gray area.
0: Piece I like watching my characters work things out.
1: Yeah like I, have, I first viewing I was like a little meh on it but that upon subsequent viewings I'm like you know what this is, there's a lot to say here it's a pretty good movie and I'm very psyched for the uh, the inevitable third movie that's. Gonna come out for this one. You too, think so.
0: there will be another one?
1: Oh yeah, with the well, there's oh, okay. a nice codex at the end of this movie where they're like, "Okay, I could like well then could I guess go. I better
0: see it because I don't want to be left out of some cool trilogy." Yeah,
1: d- don't don't listen to those people that say it's. Terrible. It's not terrible. It's not as good as Sicario, but it's just more go like a, see it as
0: like a different film. Don't come in with the Sicario expectations. Maybe and I'll enjoy it. Right. You if you okay. like if
1: you like the characters from the first movie, they're back being themselves, so you're okay. gonna love it.
0: I want to bring up one that has another one of our stars from The Irishman, 1993's Carlitos Way.
1: Ah. <laughs> the beginning. One of the beginnings of the Pacino phase.
0: Um. So a free man now. So after five years in prison. Even though he should have been in prison for 30 years, but there was one of those great technicalities that got him out. Gotta love him. Carlito here, who's played by Al Pacino, intends to give up his criminal ways. He's like, I'm done. But it's not long before the ex-con is sucked back into the New York City underworld as we expect. And reconnecting with his dancer girlfriend, he gets entangled in some shady dealings with his friend, who's played by Sean Penn, who also serves as his just like smarmy lawyer. And then when Carlito and Sean Penn character run afoul of some shifty gangsters like Benny Blanco, played by John Leguizamo, it sets them on a dangerous path
1: and this is one of those iconic I super like, iconic you know, gangster movies a lot of pacino yeah. movies are pretty iconic for various reasons the performances you know are a big part of that. But yeah, Carlito's Way is one of those ones that it feels like everybody has seen it and you kind of need to see it because it's just got such a reputation around it.
0: Definitely, but I think a lot of people who are older have seen it. I think there's a whole new generation of people who've never even heard of these movies and they're worth checking out. Like, Oh, absolutely. There's, these are still like high-quality films.
1: So speaking of a movie that's high quality that people nowadays talk about but probably haven't seen, that's another Pacino one. Let's go with Scarface. The old. Oh, okay. A's don't classic. talk about Scarface
0: too much because I can't stand that movie. We don't
1: have to. It's not a very good movie. Everybody knows what Scarface is about. The reputation of it is greater than. 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 That's one of the two. So it's, ba- it's based on. Uh, made up story. The original was based on Al Capone but yeah. you know the remake is just kind of made up about the Cuban immigrant because again just like the Irishman when I think Cuban immigrants Al Pacino pops right to the oh, top do of
0: you list. are you get, really, you get really caught up Boy, in that.
1: Boy what an offensive accent in this movie too. We don't even have time to get into that but man you know this movie. Consider- I don't
0: understand why everyone in college had posters of this like in their apartments. I was like so I finally watched it and I was like I don't like this movie at all. It's, it's an, over it's the top. Not
1: over the top. Not not great to watch. The guy's a terrible person. Like it's over over the top in good ways, but just over the top sometimes, just unnecessary ways. Yeah.
0: So if you're one of the people who really loves this movie, please tweet at us, all booked up pod, and let us know why. Yeah. Because why do you like I'm kind of curious.
1: Besides, just you know, everybody told you to like it, but right. you know, it's still necessary to watch. It's a pretty good gangster movie. You're gonna miss a lot of references in modern society if you don't see it. So, it's Brian De Palma. It's it's fine, but you should still go check it out.
0: There you go. It's Maybe worth knowing about.
1: Most Some people would try to tell you to go watch the original. It's from 1932. I'll tell you, don't go back and watch it because you'll be bored to tears watching <laughs> stuff from that long ago. All so right. Check out the remake, everybody. I'm there's, sure there's a new one coming soon.
0: There's a lot more gangster films we could talk about, but hey, I guess we'll save it for the future of a third episode. And by uh, then, there'll probably be so many more new ones also.
1: I'm sure, yeah. We're going to do Scorsese's, Scorsese's <laughs> next movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm sure, is going to involve gangster. a
0: two-day-long film. But <laughs> all right, let's get out of here plug us up so
1: everything except for the irishman which is a few <laughs> on is available at your local library so stop on by we have 37 branches all over erie county stop on by tell them you heard some awesome stuff on all booked up and do we have it they'll say of course we do or we'll get it to you so stop on by and if you can't find them we also have a bookmobile that's tooting around buffalo go to our website www.buffalolib.org find out where it's going to be
0: and, uh, you know, go check it out. Cool. Get that's your all, books on the run. That's all cool stuff. For us, again, Twitter, that's where you can find us. Also, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please take a minute out of your day and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot. You can help more people find us. We're just looking for more people in Erie County who love the library to hear about the stuff that we've got. So help us on this journey. That's, come on, everybody. We appreciate it. Okay, let's talk about crime. How about that? Did you know Lucky Luciano is actually considered the father of modern organized crime? Really? He is like the dude um, in the United States. So he was head of the Genovese crime family and he was the person who was responsible for splitting the country into five families. He played an instrumental role in the development of the National Crime Syndicate in the United States and established the first commission and his goals with the commission were to quietly maintain his own power over all of the families to prevent future gang wars. So he wanted these five families but he was kind of trying to keep everything like cool like there'll be one head of all of this to keep everybody calm. It's not totally the way that it is.
1: No, it's not how it worked out. It worked for a little while.
0: There's also a reason why he's called Lucky Luciano um, and not Charles, which is his birth name, because in 1929 he was abducted by a group of men, beaten savagely, stabbed repeatedly, and left to die on a beach. And ironically, he was discovered by a police officer and taken to a hospital. And he survived, and then he got his nickname.
1: Uh, how, you, how much you want to bet when the cop found him? He, He's first like, thing he uh, like, Are you okay? It's yeah. <laughs> like the first thing he says to him pokes him with a stick. Like, Come on, get up.
0: Um, another super famous criminal, Pablo Escobar. I love this story. Not my man. Pablo. If it's true, he put family before money. How do I know this? Because according to his son, the family was once hiding in this mountainside. Uh, you know, from the law, when Escobar's daughter Manuela became hypothermic, so Escobar decided to burn two million dollars in cash to keep the family warm and to help stop her hypothermia.
1: Oh, yeah, you only had about five billion other ones. So I know, it's not but exactly... can you
0: imagine burning two million dollars? <laughs> no, a I can <laughs> I'd
1: be that'd be pretty awesome.
0: That's that's mind blowing. Um, Pablo
1: Escobar, not a family
0: man, also. Man since we talked about Scarface, but I'm gonna be talking about the original one because this is Al Capone. How did he get that famous scar on his face? Do you know Uh, why he's called Scarface? No. Okay, so he was in a bar and said to some random woman, honey, you got a nice, we'll say butt. (laughs) And I mean that as a compliment. And the woman's brother was there and he pulled a knife and cut his face. You know what?
1: (laughs) Fair. That's a fair, it's a fair <laughs> don't, move.
0: Don't, don't do it. And my favorite one is that John Dillinger, when he did escape from prison, he did it using a wooden gun.
1: Famous in the uh, Public Enemies with Christian Bale. And yeah, John it's F-
0: so funny. This happened in March of 1934. He not only escaped from jail in Indiana using this wooden gun, but he rounded up several prison guards. Then got hold of a real gun, stole the jail sheriff's personal car, and then escaped to Chicago. So, so, well, so well awesome. done, John yeah. Dillinger. That's a submit.
1: Gangsters were just better at it. Yeah, That's true. Did things a lot better. They
0: had flair. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.